Welcome to the Market Beautifully podcast, a show where I offer marketing advice for lady entrepreneurs who crave to crack the code when it comes to getting noticed or expanding their brand online. Let's jump in. You are listening to episode number eight, where I'm going to introduce you to Christy, who is an absolute boss when it comes to running a business. She has developed an app called Plan, runs a blog on planthat.com, and will soon be introducing a new service where she will touch up Instagram images. So of course, when I found out about Christy, I couldn't help but rush to the app store and download it so I could play around with the drag and drop feature, hashtag library and scheduling tool, because of course I had to stalk her website and I watched the video and so I went to the app store and downloaded it. So I have fallen in love with this drool worthy app and it has become a part of my daily Insta routine now, like for real. One of the things I love most about Christy though is that she genuinely cares about all her app users and wants to have the absolute best product possible, which you will clearly be able to tell when you listen to our chat. So thanks for tuning in today, and let's dive into visual marketing on Instagram with the creator of Plan. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, good morning. Uh, Please tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, who you are. Oh, so I'm Christy. Hi. (laughs) Um, My background has been marketing advertising for about 10 years Uh and I was also a creative on the side. So when you have people in your life that you say, oh, she can do wedding invites and she can do paintings, she Uh can do face painting, that was me in in my friend circle. So I've always had a massive creative streak. So when I came across Instagram, I was like, oh, my gosh, my two loves have finally combined. (laughs) marketing yes. and advertising and art kind of came together it was beautiful and I was a, I have to admit I'm a late I was a late bloomer to the platform my job was pretty horrendous and I worked some really long hours so I started posting my work on Instagram and the you know I, I kind of started to realize that the bit of my feed looks the the you know the more money I could make really like in essence my business mm-hmm. could grow faster and all of my friends were saying to me how are you doing this? How are you selling artwork for $500 a piece? You, you don't even have that many followers. And I was like, well, it's about branding and, and consistency and having a message right. and telling why and knowing your niche. And people just were like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> <laughs> so when I started kind of consulting on it, people didn't want to pay me the hourly rate and I just got really frustrated because mm-hmm. it was really hard to explain to someone it's your visual images they are not in the right place. And they couldn't, they couldn't understand it and visualize it. So I, I kept thinking to myself, how can you bring this to the masses? And then I had the app idea and then here we are. Yes, here we are. So would you mind telling us about how this idea for plan, like the scheduling app for Instagram began? Was it just for that or was there anything else besides that spark of just a need? Uh, well, I wanted it for myself. <laughs> I'll be honest, I kind of got sick to visualize it and I wanted to do further in advance and yeah. the there were no tools at the time on the market that did anything like it so uh-huh. I thought right that's it and you read all the entrepreneur quotes someone's going to do it why can't it be you and I thought well why can't it be me so this is a big project uh creating an app that it's huge yeah. so I feel like a lot of business owners have have considered it at least it's just such a big process we kind of get a little scared and then we run off but you didn't and that's amazing so what is some advice that you could give if someone wanted to create an app of their own wow uh, do your research the first thing you want to do is do your research of who you want to work with so I the biggest that. 
yeah, the, I think the biggest trip up that I had along my way was not working out the the perfect. Well, you you never really know because not being from a a very strong like I had a bit of a nerdy background, but I was I'm not a developer myself. Uh-huh. So partnering with your development team is the most important decision you will make in your business. And I made the wrong decision twice in the beginning. Okay. So I've actually had plan rebuilt a number of times before I've now found my what I call my forever team. So they they get me. Uh, I don't have to spend too long explaining Instagram strategy, but they've mm-hmm. finally figured out that how it looks is probably just as important as functionality. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's hard for developers. Developers don't understand that. And I think so that that would be my first advice is really research your team and and possibly get referrals if you can because it's almost like marrying someone. You're about to spend a lot of money. And that would be my second thing is that a lot of people think when you build an app, building an app means, oh, I'll put it in the app store and you'll be able to sell it. But it doesn't work like that. So what you have to do is you've got to build it and then launch it, but then from launch to getting traction, that can be up to a year. So you've got a year of development costs, of building costs, of business costs before you kind of get any traction on the platform. So a lot of people only budget for this and -hmm. they don't budget for this part. And I think that can really upset a few people. And then the third one is a lot of people underestimate how much it costs to build an app. So a lot of people think it's just a few thousand dollars. And it might be depending on your idea, but okay. uh, they are yeah. probably a lot more than that. Most apps <laughs> are about between, or if I put it in American dollars, about 80 to 100,000. Wow. I had no idea it was that high. I was expecting 20,000 in American dollars. So <laughs> that is a Maybe. lot. For the, maybe for the first round of prototype, you're looking okay. at 20000 Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're going to do it, you've got to do it. You've got to really throw yourself in. And a lot of people yeah. think if I have a great app idea, I'll just get investment. And a lot of people don't get investment until you can prove traction and product market fit. So there's a whole other industry behind apps. So it's been a massive learning curve going yeah. from making TV commercials to software development. So, yeah. That is absolutely insane. So how do you go about marketing this app? I'm sure it's crazy uh, because there's so many different marketing techniques and, you know, so so what are the marketing techniques that you love doing the most and which ones have you found the most effective? Um, well, I think coming from a marketing background did help me a lot. So I understand that there are 23 to 25 different avenues of advertising. Mm-hmm. So I learned very quickly how to test which channel so the best way to if you're building something like this or even for your blog or for a small business if you if you understand all the different channels and then you kind of put your toe on the water and see which ones bite and then you can focus on those and then you test again and you track and and I think a, a lot of people don't realize that even Instagram itself it is a marketing channel so I do suggest you're always tracking what you're doing because if you're not tracking, you're not learning, you're not learning, you're not growing. So for me, that's a big thing. It's all about tracking and working out what works. So you also then, because what I have is quite a social app, is you play to your strengths. And I love people. I love helping people. And the I know who my niche is. I know who I want to work with. Mm-hmm. So knowing their problems, knowing who they are, and, and talking them directly is probably being my best marketing strategy. Just being human, I guess. I like that. Being human is important. So you talked about tracking on Instagram. So how do you go about tracking your Instagram account? So what happens is when you post something, you'll start to pick up, or if you're watching what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you'll start to know 
for which posts get the most engagement, what imagery works, what color schemes work, what drives your followers, what images get shared or re, re you know reposted. Right. And keep on top of what that is. So if you're coming up to if you've set your own goals or your own targets, if you know what your levers are, if you're short of reaching target mm-hmm. and you know what your lever is, you'll know how to pull it. So that's why I think it's important to, you know, have a good understanding of what works in your account and not just continually just hitting and it's kind of like hitting and hoping. Right, right. And um, so do you use the business Instagram kind of analytics tool or do you have a other analytics tool you use? I run a lot of tests and I do a lot of testing in software. So I've got myself about five or six different Instagram accounts for testing and various reasons. Okay. And I have run uh, three different business uh, test, test, I guess. So okay. swapping on, staying for a week, then coming back off, going back on and seeing how my engagement all, all things. So I'm about to finish that, but I think I'm not sure if it's beneficial right now to be on business. So okay. now that's of today. So I'll write my blog post as I keep going. So I've got a blog post drafted to put that out to the world to see what happened there. So I, I the way that I track it is that I have the planet a few versions ahead of everybody else so it's in testing and things and it has analytics so that's how I do it <laughs> I use I, I try I, there are so many analytics tools out there so it's it's so hard to choose but um I I just like the just the simple analytics on the business account that it gives you just because it just takes so much time uh, analyzing every little detail. So yeah. sometimes I just want to look at the basics, track that, and, you know, exactly. snowball effect. And just have too many. And what I've done is taken my marketing mind and think and thought to myself, what do people actually need in order to grow their account? What do they actually need to understand? Do they need to be obliterated by thousands of numbers they don't? So I've taken the same thinking of the build of the app and then put that into what analytics we have. I love that. So has there been a specific strategy that you've used for marketing that's been more effective than others? Is it Instagram? Is Instagram your most effective tool for marketing? You know what? It's there because when people think, oh, it's an Instagram scheduling tool, they come yeah. and see if I'm there and if I have followers and if I'm a legitimate person. <laughs> but it really, um, I have to admit, it's Facebook groups that have done the best for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. So most people have seen me over the last year with my struggles and being a person and chatting and, and giving app, you know, people that have said, I want to build an app and giving advice and adding value. So I'm being a part of the community. So it hasn't really been a strategy because I, I, I legitimately feel like I'm part of the community and it's kind of evolved. So yeah, I think I was referred, we have a mutual friend that we, that and that's uh-huh. how we met. We yes. met inside an entrepreneurial Facebook group. Okay. Okay. So it's all Facebook groups. Yeah, so it's, it's just a different. Um, but if I was going to pull for me, if I needed to pull any levers, it's usually popping into a Facebook group. Okay, well, I have seen your app. Um, I heard about you first through our mutual friend, Pepper. But afterwards, I, I've seen you everywhere in Facebook groups. You just pop up. Yeah, they're like, has anyone used Plan? And I'm like, oh, me, 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 I have. So, yeah, I do see you pop up a lot in Facebook groups. Okay, well, I'm kind of shocked that it's not Instagram, but good to know that Facebook groups are a good marketing tool. I'm sure you're using them wisely. I I, I just spent a lot of time there because for me it was all about networking, making friends and and understanding what people need. So being part of it, you get that. So yes, I am on Instagram, but I'm also not paying to play. So it's it's still Instagram is 
your engagement rate is obviously your time on the platform and right now my levers were to get um, a bit more viral through Facebook before then moving over to Instagram. So I mean, we can keep in touch, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, please so let I, me know. But one of my other strategies is actually SEO. So there's a lot of people that search mm-hmm. for the type of app that I build. So I spend a lot of time um, working on my SEO. Okay, so what specific uh, things do you do? Is it your website SEO or is it like in-house like app SEO for I, in the iTunes store? Yeah, so that, that there's app store optimization uh-huh. and then um, SEO, which is for my website and blogging. So working out what people are. I think that if, uh, something that trips a lot of bloggers and businesses up is, is coming up with blog ideas, but they haven't had any validation that people are actually searching for it. Do you know that that blog post is something people want to talk about? Right. So it's using the tools to understand what people are sharing, what they're talking about, or thought leadership. And those are the ones that that we usually write about. I love that you mentioned that. I actually, um, as the time of this was recording, I just got done um, creating a video series about SEO. And that's one of the things we talked about, as well as in the course SEO Simplified, was make sure you're creating content that people are actually searching for. Because if you're not, no one's going to search for it. So, I mean, talking can be lethargic and, and, and it can be emotionally amazing and, mm-hmm. and release of creativity. But if you're a business, there's definitely a different way that your mind needs to be thinking for SEO. So I think that's a great idea. I can't wait to, to read it. Yeah. So we all know your feed style is pretty important. And when it comes to having a pretty Instagram account, just making sure you have a consistent style. So Plan has this incredibly useful feature when you can drag and drop your post. So can you tell us a little more about this? Because this is one of my favorite features. I love being able to drag and drop. Me too. I think it's my favorite as well, I have to admit. So uh-huh. The best thing about it is that when you put your images into the gallery, you have a visual view of if your images sit correctly beside each other. So if you go to somebody else's Instagram feed and you analyze, oh, that's a nice feed, and then you sit and work out, why is that a good feed? You'll usually notice it's because they've got um, different perspectives. So they don't have two close-ups. They don't have um, two flat lays in a row. It's usually a great combination with color space and white balance and white space. And being able to drag and drop, you have ultimate control over right. what people see when they visit you. And that, for me, is the most important part of the drag and drop. Right. Before I started studying Instagram, I thought that it was actually about the post itself and the caption. But when people visit your profile, they don't see that at all. They first just see your feed. So it's so important to have just that yeah. beautiful feed that the same color theme. I feel like this is just crucial. Yeah. I mean, it's knowing what your target audience want to see as well. So sometimes I do recommend that sometimes it's not a color scheme. Sometimes it can be an angle of a photo. Okay. Sometimes it can be an item in a photo. It's just that consistency. So when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see somebody pop up all the time and you're like, oh, them again. But why? Are they, why? And then you realize it's because they've done an amazing branding job. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I try to stick with more like pink and white, but I've seen some other people that don't have a color theme as well, but they're rocking it. Like, you know, whenever they post a photo, oh, that's them. So why is that? Is it their tone of color? It's it's just the the white, the lighting. It's definitely the lighting. It's tons of white light. And then there are other things where it's more an item I know one person's obsessed with cactuses so like she posts cact- like everything has a cactus in it I'm like oh that's her she's so cute yeah so having your own consistency and it can right. come in many forms right right 
So besides the drag and drop feature, um, which you will absolutely fall in love with, Christy, can you tell us more about the hashtag groups within Plan? Of course. So I find it, I think it's really important to always be researching and having a look at what your hashtags are. So what Plan did was allow you to save your hashtags in groups. So you can have, say, for example, blogging and then 30 hashtags that you can save for an easy copy-paste into your first comment after you've posted. So a, a lot of people say, why the first comment? And I think it looks better. I think it's a bit cleaner. And by having them saved somewhere that's not in your notes, it keeps everything together and you can you can change it up. So you might have blogging one, blogging two, blogging three. So you can be mixing up your different hashtags to see what's working. Again, the whole tracking thing. Again, keeping on top of trending hashtags, changing them every month or like, for example, you might be talking about interior design for a month and you might swap to fashion blogging. It could be completely right. different. You might talk to different people every couple of months. So being able to save them there is uh, one of is probably my favorite. One of my, it's my second favorite to the Jack job. <laughs> yes, mine too, for sure. I have my hashtag group MBBiz and I love it. I can just <laughs> simply copy and paste. And with uh, before I actually heard about Plan and started using it, I just used the notes section of my iPhone, like that app, and I just put it all in. But I, it was so hard to copy it. Like I would always push select all and then I had to drag it. And it's yep. so much easier within Plan because you just have to push that button and it just copies it for you and then just move on over to Instagram. So since Instagram stories recently came out, at the time of this recording at least it recently came out, as well as Instagram Live, um, do you have any major tips that people listening can use for Instagram stories? Uh, I do. So my personal advice is going to be different to everybody else's. Okay. But my first advice is it's not Snapchat. Okay, that's a good tip. So my first tip is it's not Snapchat. So if your feed is not posting about your kids, your cats, or your breakfast, then that shouldn't be in your Instagram story. So I view Instagram stories as an extension of your business. Okay. And so it's a way that you can share behind the scenes, but it's still relevant to what you're doing. So there's a few people that I give examples of that do it beautifully. So Emily Jeffords, she's an artist. And she posts, I don't know if you know who she is, but she does the most amazing, beautiful landscape paintings and, um, and sells them through Instagram. But her Instagram stories will be the music she's listening to, the Christmas decorations she's making, the, the trees rustling, like where she gets her inspiration from. And maybe one in ten might be her beautiful children like doing pirouettes running through her beautiful right. studio. So it's all relevant and tells a bigger picture story. It's not um, – and I mean, everyone's on Instagram for different reasons. So I look for beautiful things and it's very rare that I will sit and watch someone talking to camera for 20 posts. Yeah, I think it just depends on what your business is there for. Yeah, I definitely like that you said behind the scenes because I use it for behind the scenes in my Instagram stories and people love seeing behind the scenes. It's messy. Yes. It's not pretty yeah, at all. Oh, you're human. And yeah. your business is to talk to people and to understand and to... <laughs> And to do that. So I think that's a great use of it. But if you were like, here's my breakfast or I'm cooking today, it kind of is a disconnect. Right. So it's just keeping on top of what the themes are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes I really want to post. I'm, su I'm such a fur mom. I love posting pictures of my dogs. But <laughs> I can't because I know that it's not business related. So I do my best not to put my dogs all the time on now, my... 
Yeah, I think every now and then is fine because they are part yeah. of your life. I'm sure they're part of your business, and it's. I don't, I think it's fine, but it's when it starts to just be everything. Everything, right? I like yeah. that you said one in ten of her kids. You gave that example. One in ten. I feel like that's a good ratio. Keep mm. nine business related and one maybe more personal. But it might not even be like solely business related because it could be another behind the scenes view of you writing something and like your dog running past or. It's just, yeah, being creative, I think. But I think the the key thing for me is to keep in mind that it's still an extension of your brand. Yes. Okay. So have you messed around with any live video for the ma- uh, marketing for the app? Not yet, no. So Not I've yet. got a list of people that I, I'm going to start in the next couple of weeks, I think. Okay. So the, I've teamed up with a portrait photographer, and we're going to teach people how to position your face for, for, for photos when people are taking photos of you and so a lot of people do like a lot of DIY or they're taking photos in a in a stand or having some a friend or a boyfriend or husband take yeah. photos yeah and it's just going to help work out how you position your face and your neck for the best photos so that's my first one off the ranks I want to provide helpful and and really the ways basically my whole thing is I want to help your business grow so if I can think of all the different ways that I can help then I will come up with them <laughs> That's so cool. I don't think about that. I guess just positioning your face in a certain way. Do you do any webinars for marketing the app at all? I do every you now do? and then. I'll do a collaboration with someone, yeah. And we'll talk about how to design a feed or there's been some cases where people have sent in their photos and asked us to design their feed for them. So that's been quite fun. And I did oh, I did neat. one hour with someone where everyone, it was kind of a group thing though, so we were away. So I do workshops as well. So Actually, I'll talk to you about this one. There was this workshop we went away and uh-huh. everyone swapped phones and planned everyone else's feats because everyone's got such different creativity and takes on what what should be. So if you're getting stuck, totally recommend just handing your phone to somebody and letting them have a go. Oh, that is such a neat idea. I really like that for a workshop yeah. idea. So how successful have those webinars been? Like, Have you found really high engagement? I think it, I've been doing it on other people's audiences. So a lot of the time I'm trying to help their business. So, yeah, and, okay. and it does lead to people coming to find me as well. Okay, that's good. And I... everyone uses all different softwares. It's been really, it's been good for me to learn which, which ones are good. <laughs> which one's your favorite? At the moment, I'm going through a Zoom phase. Okay. So what it means is that you can have a lot of people on the call and you can see who's there. So you lock everybody and if you're talking, then you're big. And then when someone else is talking, then they go big. So you can see and interact with them. So that's been, at the moment, that's my favorite. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, I've used GoToWebinar before for webinars, but I haven't uh, been on Zoom. I've seen it done by other people and they love it. I've heard amazing things about Zoom. but yeah, It's more like live, live webinars, so it does mm-hmm. not... Amazing for the playbacks. Yeah, for the recorded. Yeah. So do you have any landing pages uh, for marketing that you use that have performed really well? Yeah, so on my on my current website right now, so I don't know if it's going to be there when this goes live, but what I have is a visual, a free visual content strategy guide. Mm-hmm. So what it, 
what it really is is to help people understand their story and how to use the different vehicles of Instagram to work together to tell your overall story. So a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, I feel too salesy and they feel a bit gross. So I'm trying to take that away because everyone's there for a reason. So it's not about saying, buy my stuff. It's about taking people on the journey of your business and then saying, oh, by the way, you can get this here. So I think that when you understand that, it becomes a bit more natural. So I create a free guide. So the, the funnel for that is a, a bar across the top that says free guide, get it now. And then when you click on that, it has a bit more info. You get your email address and then the confirmation page has a social sharing so that you can then share it with your audience on a couple of different mediums. And that's worked quite well. I got a couple of thousand in a, in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, so yeah. I'm a little curious with whenever it comes to your Instagram bio, do you change it out every week or do you kind of just keep it the same? And how do you use that Instagram link? Because, you know, they only provide you one link. So you have to be really strategic with it. So how do you yeah. do that? Uh, I haven't changed mine for a little while. I do suggest having a, a good call to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I always recommend. And if I would recommend testing that. So every week, have a look at how many click throughs you're getting from Instagram. And then if it's if you're not getting that many, try changing your bio and then secondly change your content on your posts. So um again it comes down to individual preferences. So the way that I recommend people set up their bio is making it obvious what you do and mm-hmm. with a strong action of why they should if they need to contact you or why or what you want them to do. So for me right now, I'm I I love helping people. So mine is get on Instagram tips. So it's a click through to my blog at the moment, but my blog obviously has the sales page of here's the app mm-hmm. to help you do these different things. So I'm never, I'm for me, Instagram by my app has, has not been a priority. It's been about how can I add more value to people's life? And if then they like what I'm doing, then they might support my creative business or learn something enough to want my product. Right. I love that. I uh, uh, just actually got done recording a summit interview and it's all about content marketing. So that is perfect for content marketing because that's exactly the process that business owners need to do is lead with value and then not not you don't even have to sell at that point sometimes they just buy it you don't even have to tell them you have a product they just want to buy it because they love you so yeah so my, my content I try and I've written most of my blog posts so I'm getting a bit busy at the moment so I have hired someone recently to help with content marketing but I have been doing it all myself up until about last week so I try and add my personality. I'm a bit quirky and I tell dad jokes. And I'm, I'm very I'm very conversational. That's how I wanted to be and I wanted my brand to be. And I was like, you know what it's like when you're in business. You don't want your brand to be boring. You want to be interested in it. I wanted to make it quite quirky. So my blog posts are always a bit, a bit off the wall. Right. Yeah, you definitely don't want your brand to be boring. That's <laughs> so. What I uh, with whenever it comes to the profile link, I like analyzing it. I am super big. I don't. I don't know why. I don't enjoy really analyzing my Instagram post as much, but analyzing that link in the description. I'm obsessed with it and I actually create different landing pages. So one is specifically for Instagram and another one's for Facebook or, you know, another one is an ad that I might run. And then I no, I don't. Um, I actually just use uh, lead pages. Uh, I don't know if, yeah, I'm obsessed with lead pages. So I don't know why I'm not an affiliate for them yet because I love them so much. Well, I had a look at what they, what they, how they make their lead pages and I just copied them in a Squarespace template so I didn't have to use them. <laughs> but, yes. 
you just get creative. But I do hear very good things about lead pages. Yeah, well, that's smart. I know Squarespace has this thing called cover pages, right? Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> I'm a WordPress yeah. person, but I see I know a lot of the people um, that I hang out with online are Squarespace gurus. They love it, so they talk about cover pages all the time. But yeah, that's that's been where I've been hanging out. So I love my I love Squarespace. It's so uh-huh. easy. But um, like I said, if I was talking to you about, I don't think my website is going to be there the same because I'm making I'm getting a big girl website and moving over to WordPress. So oh yay. Yeah, there's a few things that I want to do that uh, Squarespace didn't have the functionality for. So, yeah, yeah, that is a struggle with Squarespace, and and sometimes it looks cookie cutter. But I have seen some really awesome Squarespace sites recently, and there have been some custom Squarespace designers that have come out of nowhere, and they like, amazing. yeah, I love, it. I, I love it. I think it's amazing. I got one of my girlfriends who's really creative, and she does a bit of custom CSS. So we did it together, but she did the really hard parts, but. <laughs> And when they ask me when you're moving, do you want to change your layout? I'm like, nope, keep it the same. <laughs> keep it the same. Yeah, well, I didn't even know your uh, your site was a Squarespace. So that says a lot about that because I feel like a lot of times I can go to a Squarespace site. I'm like, oh, that's that Squarespace. But yeah. I had no idea your website was built in Squarespace. It's great. I, I always recommend it. I do a bit of private consulting with people looking to go from an Instagram business and then how do they make it into a, a bigger business and take mm-hmm. it offline. So I work with a lot of people and, and I always, I actually do recommend starting on Squarespace. It's so easy to understand uh, the, the people's mentality when they visit websites mm-hmm. and understand what positions buttons need to be in and analyzing that before you then make the investment into a WordPress or a bigger web, website. So I would completely agree with you there. Right. Is there anything that you have specifically on your website that uh, pushes people and basically like pushes them towards the sell in a non-salesy way? Um, well, a lot of people at the moment, most probably half of my traffic comes from my marketing activity and the other half comes from Google. So mm-hmm. I, I have to make it really obvious what I do and my, my app buttons at the top. So that for me, the above the fold is where everything, sh- what you do, action above the fold so for me that was kind of the biggest learning okay I like that so um you and you have your you have a lot of information on your navigation like your blog and then how it works and the buy now link but I love that you have the video on your website I feel like that just really shows exactly what the app does so I paid for a gift to be made as well so on the home page there's a really quick like this is what it does and then mm-hmm. you can find out more on the other page so I just found that it just I couldn't get it to fit right on the home page at the moment <laughs> <laughs> again uh, your, your website once it's live doesn't mean that's it and a lot of people get really scared or they get a bit worried about changing and it's and it's your website you can do what you like there's no reason why you can't change it every couple of weeks or do do testing so I recommend day 45 days Okay. We'll give you a really good understanding if things are working or not. And then I usually will test something for 45 days and then I'll try something else for 45 days. So I have a big spreadsheet that I keep and every Tuesday night I'll go through and I spend a few hours having a look at all the different parts of my business and looking at numbers. Okay. Do you use Google Analytics to do that? I use a mixture of things including that, yes. Okay. So, so what other things do you use? Uh, have you heard of the UTMs? I just heard about that today. Okay, so I use a lot of UTM. So what that means is that if I post in a Facebook group, you don't know if the traffic's coming from Facebook anywhere else or because it's attributed to what you're doing. 
So I put the particular UTM link on my organic Facebook, okay. my, my business page, and I'll put a UTM inside the different groups I'm in so I can find out what groups or what activity on Facebook is driving the traffic. Okay. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you do that and Google Analytics, and do you have any other tools that you're using to track? I've got the App Store Analytics as well, and okay. the in, and I've got in-app analytics, so I know how long people are spending inside the app, what's tripping them up, how long they're spending dragging and dropping, uh, how long it takes them to write a caption. So I look at all the different things. There's a lot of different metrics. Many. There's about oh, maybe I, 50, I look at about 50 different metrics on a Tuesday, so it takes me quite a while. Yeah, and just going yeah. through that in a couple of hours, that's that's a lot of metrics. Yeah, you got to go fast. <laughs> yes, you go really fast and then you start to spot trends quite quickly. I've been doing it a year now and I okay. have a background, like my whole background has been in marketing. So I have, I'm getting, I'm getting there. So I, yeah. you might have picked up already that I'm, I'm mostly creative and I'm a half nerd as well. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a great I'm, mix though. <laughs> there's, a, there's a nerd in there. So I'm quite, quite quickly to spot when people are having trouble doing certain things and it will, like for example, the, the animation uh, of the app when it opens, um, people are constantly trying to push it to, to stop it, to go straight through the gallery. So I'm actually, unfortunately, I'm not able to do a click to go straight to the gallery, but what I have been able to do is speed it up and speed it up and speed it up. And every couple of updates, not many people will notice this, but it now goes quite quickly and it opens in 1.3 seconds where it used to open in two. So every update I've been doing, taking off like point of an update and watching those clicks go down. So there's just the little things that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just slowly making that better. That's, I bet there's, there's a lot of little tweaks and I know whenever you do download the app, you can shake it and then just say, Hey, whatever, whatever you want to fix or whatever you want to add or, and I love that feature. Cause if you ever get stuck, you can easily just shake it and then go, I'm stuck here. And then you'll be able to know and take action on that. Yeah, so I man all of those as well. So I find it really important to be the face and and understand what people what people want, what they like, what they don't like, what they're struggling with, or if there's any bugs mm -hmm. as well. So uh, I like to read all of those myself. So at the moment, I'm still responding to those, but I get a few thousand. So sometimes I can't respond. <laughs> um, but what it's what it's done though is is stopped people. It's what it's. I think what it's doing. Well, I think what it's doing is realizing there's a face behind software because a lot of the times when you're looking at software, there's no face mm -hmm. and nobody sees there's actually a person behind there that wants to help me and they just jump straight on the app store and leave like this horrible review and it's like, well, just email me and let me know you're having a problem and I can help. So uh, that's why I really, it's really, it's actually a very expensive tool to have inside the app. It's very expensive, but I just, I just wanted it and I think it's really important and really valuable. So I'm really glad you mentioned you like it. Yes, I do love it. And the reason why it's, I mean, it's not only helpful if, you know, I feel like I have a problem, but also because I know if, even if I didn't know you, I would go, wow, the person that created this app like, genuinely cares about my opinion. And mm -hmm. the one thing that um, I was actually surprised that it was in there because you don't have a monthly fee for this app. It's just one uh, cost up front. It's $8.99, right? At this, at this time. At this time. Yeah, so it's eight ninety nine, and you don't have to pay it every month. And most tools, um, I've used some tools, they're usually $10 a month, and it's a recurring fee. So with that, you know, you typically have a good support system so that you keep, you keep those customers, you know, happy. But for you, 
you just get that one uptime fee and then you still care about them enough to listen to what they have to say about the app. So it just says a lot about the character of the brand and the company and you. Thank you. So (laughs) it wasn't wasn't planned that way, but what what the feedback that we're getting is so amazing and the different things people want. So I never set out to be just an Instagram schedule. That was never the, that was never the intention of my brand mm-hmm. uh, because I think that what, what the tool is, is the tool, but the why and what you're doing is separate. So for me, I, so obviously my mission is catapulting beautiful brands. So that's, that's my mission. And mm-hmm. at the moment I'm doing that through an Instagram scheduler. And based on some of the ideas I've had and other feedback that I've got from users, there are other things I want to build and be really visionary. So we are changing our payment model uh, shortly. Okay. Shortly, but it, it won't be expensive and it will definitely not be unaffordable. Well, that's good to know. But I mean, even if, is it going to change like the payment plan or is it going to still be that one-time fee? It'll it'll change your payment plan. Oh, but okay. It'll be, but it'll be like every three months and it'll be like $3. Oh, so wow. Okay. It's, yeah. There's just some little things that I need to set up behind the scenes. So yeah, I think it's going to take us to a really good place. Nice. So uh, what, when did you decide that you needed to do uh, the payment plan differently? How did that process go? Well, the hard thing is, so when I first started, there's no, there wasn't really any visual scheduling tools out there in the market at all. And if there was, they were charging between 100 and 200 US a year. And I thought to myself, even if I created an app and made it for $20, it would still be way cheaper than anything else. Right. right? But because it's an app and everyone's psychology, they immediately think that apps are cheap and inexpensive. Right. Where it costs more to build an app than it does to build a web platform. Right. But people pay for web platforms, but they don't want to pay for an app, which is really bizarre. So in an, it's obviously my new industry and learning that as well. So in hindsight, there's a lot of changes that I shouldn't have done because I thought to myself, oh, well, I'll launch this for $8.99 because that's one month of everybody else's yearly plan. It's a no-brainer. But the psychology of people don't work that way. So I've had to do a few uh, tweaks inside to make it free so that people can come in and have a taste and try it out and realize that it's actually a quality product before them deciding to pay. So that's how – and the way the Apple Store works is that you can't have it for free for a week and then charge people. So you have to try and build in a way that works for more people. I love that because now whenever I'm recommending it, I think a big thing that kind of holds people back is there's so many free trials out there. So it's nice to get a little taste and I get hooked after free trials too. So (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, that had to come, but as I mentioned before, I I had a few trouble with my developers from the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. it it should have been out months ago, but it's just development. Yeah. Yay, (laughs) development. (laughs) Hey. And everything takes three times longer than what you think. It's like when you build a website and you're like, this is my launch date. And then it's like, this is my launch date. <laughs> so it's the same thing for me. So you mentioned uh, when we chatted before the podcast that you had a team. When did you get to the point, besides development, like when did you get to the point where you knew you had to bring someone else on to stay sane? Um, I have a, I have a brain trauma. 
and it was part of the reason that I was painting and putting things on Instagram as part of rehab. And if I don't get enough sleep, if I drink too much coffee, if I work too much or get too stressed, my brain just kind of has a little meltdown. So I have to really look after myself. And I was getting to the point where four hours of sleep, drinking too much coffee would set off panic attacks and vertigo and a few other symptoms and it, and it was happening for quite a while so I took I actually took a month off Instagram over Christmas and just reset myself and, and reset myself up and thought I can't continue like this I think every business owner does the same thing where they go mm-hmm. something's going to change otherwise I'm going to break yes. so yeah so that was my okay 2017 is a year of productivity and getting a few more people on board so I've got some help now I also was doing all of my own content as in photography and everything so I've got some help there I've got now I've got someone that's going to help me monitor my blog and then I've got a couple of VAs that help out on a couple of different things so uh, it's been it's been nice to have a full night's sleep I bet (laughs) I bet it's been been so nice it's been nice I think it's really funny. I think when it became a luxury to go to bed at the same time as my husband, I think it was like, okay, things things are getting out of hand here. Yeah. Well, it's so hard to take care of ourselves as business owners. I have had my fair share of meltdowns, like plenty of meltdowns. It's hard. It's hard to get a good night's sleep. And then whenever I do sleep, it's like I'm just thinking about my business the whole time, even when I'm sleeping. So you still just don't get sleep. It's yeah, it's rough. So I have a thing at the end of the night when I'm finished, and it could be anywhere between 10 and 1 in the morning, anywhere between there. Mm-hmm. I have this thing where I will watch funny YouTube clips or like okay. America's Got Talent or something that's completely just you don't have to think. And I'll just watch 20 minutes of that. And by the end of that, I'm usually okay to go to sleep because I'm not tuned I love out. That. That's such a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I have my little word puzzles that are not my word. I have a wood puzzle that I do. It's like a t- it's like Tetris, but it's just so mind numbing. You just don't have to think. Yes. You just move yes. blocks around, and I need it. I'm. It's like my yeah. brain is so dead. Or a glass of wine. I've got a little stash yeah. that happens over here, and I have a yeah. I have bath, and I've got like three hundred dollars worth of bath bombs. So that's like part of the brain therapy nice. is the smells. So um, oh, okay, yeah. So it's a good excuse. It's part of my therapy to have baths. So that's fine. <laughs> right. That's that's nice. I need to get bath bombs. That sounds like so much fun. Drinking wine in a bath with bath bombs. That sounds and relaxing. Like and they smell great. It's good. It's fun. <laughs> and sometimes I get this. There are some days though that I'll do it just to problem solve. So you know those kids crayons that you that draw on the bath. Mm-hmm. So I take those into the bath or the shower, and that's, like, where my favorite place to brainstorm is. Oh, my goodness. I absolutely <laughs> love – okay, right now I am about to go on Amazon and get me some of those <laughs> crayons. That is a great idea. You have such great thoughts in the shower and bath, too. It's like – Always. It's always there. Yeah. yeah. And my husband and I'm like, don't clean the shower. There's a great idea on there. He's like, what about yesterday's one? I'm like, nope, taking a photo. We're okay. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, my phone is going to be filled with that now. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to make a whole blog post on this now. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a great idea. I'll tag you in it. I'll be like, okay, Christy from Plan. (laughs) This is her best brain filming method, especially in winter. So one of the parts of wanting my own business was to have quite Uh a bit of fruit. And I love the ocean and I free dive and I go snorkeling a lot. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of 
reserves. So it's always when I'm out swimming or snorkeling, I'm like, oh, I have this brainwave and nowhere to ride it. So <laughs> where's my crayons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so I want to go back to your hiring people because I am kind of at that point in my business where I'm having the meltdowns, I'm getting a little crazy, need to slow down, but I am a little stuck on the hiring. So, and I don't know okay. if you're, if whoever is listening right now, they may be stuck too. So do you have any tips? I, I've heard that it's a crazy process or it can be the onboarding and hiring process. So do you have any tips for that? I think knowing what you want to give away is mm-hmm. the first step and actually giving it away. Okay. That, that's, two, that's two. I think there's two steps on there. So for me, I'll take you through my thought process. So I sat down and wrote down and worked out that there were 17 different parts to my business. There are 17 groups of actions that I take in my business and working out what I wanted to do and what I don't want to do and then working out what I didn't have time for. And what I wanted to do and things I don't have time for can sometimes be the same thing. So for, for example, I love doing content. I love content creation, mm-hmm. but I don't have time for it. Because for me, it takes the longest. So I outsource that. And I am lucky enough to be part of a, a, a very creative community. And I had a lot of people that wanted to do it for free. And I was like, nope, I'm going to pay someone. So okay. uh, for me, that that wasn't too hard, that one. Because obviously being on Instagram a lot and, and talking to creatives, you, mm-hmm. you can pick out who's got your style. So I didn't find that too hard. It was the admin stuff that I found quite tricky. So... Okay. It, what I ended up having to do was take screencasts of the things that I don't like doing. So say, for example, on my Squarespace website, the way it had been set up, that every time I wrote a blog, I would have to manually create every sidebar template, add everything, right? So that was the way it was set up, again, why I'm moving. So mm-hmm. it used to drive me insane. It took it, it was an extra half hour to hour to my day. Right. So working out how you can give that to somebody. So obviously you've got to give them your logins, you've got to trust them or, or add them as a user. But for them to understand what you need done, screencasts for me have been the biggest godsend. So recording your screen and talking through what you're doing and why you're doing it and then sending it to someone and saying, can you do this? Finding out how long it takes them to do one or two. Oh, that's a good idea. Testing a few different people, working out who's got the best attention to detail and in the fastest time and then then you've found a little gem and then you don't have to worry and you're not hiring and firing all the time. So I think the time up front is really important. I can see the marketing side of you coming out right now because it's like you're split testing your employees. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. It's exactly what I'm doing because I don't want to – it's all about efficiency. Marketing is efficiency. So Mm -hmm. it's ingrained Mm -hmm. in me. Okay, well, how do I know I'm getting the best value? The human brain compares. I'll split test. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. So before we wrap up, do you have any last Instagram tips for anyone listening? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Engagement, I okay. think. Focusing on your engagement. And I, okay, here's my top tip, my favorite, favorite tip. Is yes, that yes. I, I love being part of the Instagram community. It's my mm-hmm. favorite thing. So many great people. Oh, me too. If I go and write on somebody and I leave a really thoughtful comment and they reply with thanks, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to get a friendship out of you and I don't get any value there, right? So that sounds really cutthroat, but if somebody then engages me in a conversation, then I will come back and I'll probably follow them. So I think my biggest tip is challenge yourself to never write thanks to a comment. 
I love that. I write thanks all the time. So that's good. Well, except if it's, you know, a thoughtful (laughs) comment. But you know, with those love this, you know, you do thanks. But with thoughtful comments. Oh, I agree. I have written some really thoughtful comments and gotten that back and went, well, what? I wanted to chat with you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So Instagram is a social community. Yes. It is a social platform. So that is my biggest tip, I guess. It takes a little bit longer, but it's my favorite one. Yes, engagement community. Because whenever you do have an Instagram account, the whole point of being on Instagram is building your own little community and reaching out to others and loving on people. So exactly. yeah, yeah, and having a chat and learning things and then seeing how that you can – help other people in their business so that's yeah that's Instagram I guess well Christy thank you so much for coming on the podcast I have really enjoyed talking with you and thank you for making my life a million times easier with this app I <laughs> you love are so and if, yes. you, if anyone's listening has any ideas and you do use plan please make sure to shake the app and send me a message because we do record everything that comes through and help and it does help us prioritize what you need so thank you Yes, I love using Plan for Instagram. It's made it so much more enjoyable. So thank you so much. No problem.